I'm Ashley Browning. I'm an operations lead here at Bayer, and I'm interviewing Clint Turnbull. He's going to start out by telling us a little bit about himself. Yeah, good morning, Clint Turnbull. I'm a commercial development corn breeder with Bayer Crop Science. Here in a cornfield near our station, located in Waco, Nebraska, with Bayer Crop Science. Our primary purpose out, out in this direction is to identify materials adapted to the western corn belt. Silvano, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do here? Yeah, so uh, thank you for the question. So my name is Silvano Asanga Ochea. Uh, I'm based here in Waco. I'm a corn breeder focusing on the western footprints, uh, specifically 115RM maturity. Um, I've been with Bayer for the last four years. Um, we do work on corn across the entire footprint in the western corn belt, um, even though I'm based here in Waco. We do across the entire range from east to west. Can you walk us through your general plant breeding process that you go through? Yeah, sure. So um, there's three main steps I always think about when we're doing genetic improvement for plants. And that is first we have to have genetic variation or create the genetic variation somehow. And then we need to evaluate the genetic variation in some manner and then identify the best for whatever trait of interest we're trying to improve. And when we identify that, we recombine and uh, start, start the process over again. Well, how do you choose the parents for selection or to create your new products? So the, the main driver of selecting parents uh, is still the objective of a breeding pipeline. So once you set the objective, and then that guides you on which parents to select, uh, to intermate in order to initiate the population. Now, um, we have a pool of a big jump again. And we have also another pipeline that really feeds into the leaves in terms of high-value haplotypes uh, in order for us to maintain diversity. So all the parents we have, um, we look at the objectives and decide which combinations um, of the parents will answer our objective of the breeding pipeline. And that's aided by several methods and tools of science, including data science, that guide us really um, to tell us this is the potential parents you need to interlate in order to meet the objective you have set. Uh, so that's essentially what drives our selection process with the parents. Silvano, can you tell us how you use genomic selection in your breeding program? Yeah, so in a breeding program we quantify success uh, by uh, estimating genetic gain. Now, genomic selection ties into uh, genetic gains in question because it enables us to skip one year of testing, effectively increasing the genetic gain. Um, the way we use it in our breeding program is any material coming through the pipelines, um, they undergo initial stages of population development, all the way until we hit the genomic selection stage. Uh, we estimate genomic estimated breeding values. We make selection based on that, and those that are, that meet the thresholds, they are advanced to the next stage of testing. Silvano, after you make those genomic selections, how do you continue to advance that material through the pipeline? Yeah. So uh, what you're seeing behind me is first year of testing after genomic selection. Um, basically, we have several years of testing 
and at each stage we make selection based on um, uh, blobs and those selections advance to the next level. So immediate, immediately after selection, the first tier of field testing um, is what we call the screening tool. And then from there, the material advanced through the pipelines all the way uh, to a point where we have inbreds that really have commercial value and goes all the way to market development and commercialization um, for farmers to, to plant. What exactly are BLUPs? Yeah, so BLUPs stand for best linear bias prediction. So essentially it tells you future performance of a particular genotype and it's, it can be estimated based on the phenotype only. Uh, you can include pedigree information and also you can include genotype information. We call that the GBLAP once, once we um, include uh, genotype information. And those estimates, they are better estimates than just looking at the mean because you are adjusting for all other variations, um, essentially making your um, estimation better and you can do better selections based on the, on the plots rather than the means. So what exactly is the relationship between the blups and the final product? Yeah, so we estimate blup, but what goes to the farmer is really a product that perform um, very high, better than the current products in the market. So even though we do all the analytics to estimate blup, we still do the testing in the field. Uh, to just make sure that what we estimate matches with what we see before any product becomes commercial. That it's hard to find the one magic hybrid that's going to cover the entire corn belt. How do you guys work on balancing that portfolio for customers? Yeah, no, excellent question because just as a farmer might not choose the one perfect hybrid to plant 100% of his acres, um, we don't do the same uh, when we're developing our improved germplasm either. So if you think about on a farm situation, a farmer may plant three to five different products across his farm, maybe more depending on his um, acceptance to risk. But what he's gonna do is balance the high yield potential, um, and maybe something that does better for some threat different threat maybe has a slight weakness here or there maybe we're talking a little bit spread on maturity uh, something like that so in the pipeline we kind of manage this holistically kind of similarly we select of course we would like the very perfect hybrid to be developed but that's very challenging to do as you know um, so what we want to do is make sure we cover all the bases high yield yes fast dry down strong test weight, um, tolerance to stock lodging, root lodging, maybe tolerance to anthracnostock rot, um, tolerance to diseases, northern leaf blight, diplodia ear rot, goss wilt, um, that's to name a few. So we can't develop the one hybrid with all the best things for this trait, but what we do is we make sure we cover the breadth of improvement on those traits within the germplasm pool. And over time, over cycles of breeding, we will get material that is better and better and better for all of those traits as a whole. So Clint, 
transgenic or GMOs kind of have a negative connotation in the media right now, what are some advantages and why are we putting that into our products? How does that help our customers? Yeah, definitely. Good, good question again. So the reason to introduce um, transgenics to a crop is for bottom line for the customer, for the producer. Uh, farmers nowadays are growing more and more acres with fewer and fewer labor resources. So we want to provide options for flexibility on their farm situation. Some of the reasons people might choose a GM product would be uh, uh, preventing the need to apply insecticides. If you've got insecticide built in with your genetics, then that means we don't have to apply a toxic substance on the fields and minimizing the environmental exposure of uh, insecticides, something like that. It might be ease of operation instead of applying an expensive herbicide um, we can use herbicide tolerance to, to effectively control weeds um, and, and, and not injure uh, it's all about bottom line to the farmer and protecting the environment is how I see it in years gone by um, we wouldn't be able to do no-till farming without some of our GM technologies. Uh, it, it just wouldn't be feasible. Was there anything you would want to tell the future plant breeders, the next generation? Yes, um, so breeding and genetics is always fun. Um, it's, it's very exciting to see your products in the fields, uh, to observe genetic variations, uh, to make selection, to see products advance all the way to commercials and you see the products in the farmer's field. It's a very fulfilling um, a process. But besides that also that technology has made breeding really a fun, a fun uh, career. Um, it's no longer uh, the conventional process that were there 10, 30, 20 or 30 years ago. There are so many uh, technology that really help breeding programs. Talk of analytics, unmanned analytics, uh, talk of all the imaging protocols. So it all makes really breeding um, exciting for us. Clint, tell me what makes plant breeding fun for you? Why do you love your job? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the same things that Silvano had mentioned, but really what is exciting is when we can go to the field and we see a new problem that the farmer can face. There's always some new thing that comes along or you're at some meeting, some dealer meeting, and some farmer says, I've got that Think to yourself, I saw that problem last year. Maybe we should investigate that. How cool is that? And then, okay, you develop some populations, you figure out some methodologies to evaluate that specific problem. Uh, maybe it's some disease inoculation. Yeah. And then, so exciting, when you actually develop that product that goes to commercial, you see the signs down the highway. I had a hand in that. I, or my team, larger team of Bayer Crop Science had a hand in that. I was a part of it and it's developing a better product for the farmer 
for the environment, for our community, for my aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, friends and relatives to have a more thriving life. So that's really what kind of gets me going.